Hello, my friends. Today, Joel is talking to Matt Joe, the former CTO at Avanade, right here, right now, on the Modern CTO Podcast. Here we go. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. Hi, Phoebe. Hi, Joel. Hey, buddy. How are you? Pretty good. How are you? Good, good. I was just telling Phoebe our producer's out because he's got hurt in the gym. Nothing serious. Uh-oh. Just needs a day off. So, what's the definition of a gym? Um, a place uh, where he builds <laughs> muscles, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I think cleaning my kid's closet sometimes feels like a, like a gym. <laughs> so we both have young kids then. Yes, I have a ten and a six, almost seven year old. He'll say he's seven, but he's he's getting there. I have a three-year-old, or oh, no, I don't. I have a two-year-old and a th- four-month-old. Oh my gosh, you are, uh, yeah, you're in it. I'm in that. I'm in the zone. Everyone <laughs> says it goes by fast, and I'm not like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with that. It's gonna be. I'm fun. okay with that. Yeah. So, just so you know, this is the podcast. Uh, Jake will just cut out anything we don't want. There's no big intros. It's just you and I hanging out and talking about technology and life. Is that cool? That's perfect. That's awesome. Is it also video or is it audio or what? Yeah, we'll use the video for LinkedIn post. That's the primary way we get new listeners. You'll say something awesome. Everybody will cheer and share the post. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's how it goes. It really is. Yeah. (laughs) So I was was reading your bio and I was like super, so like I I talked to a lot of people, but I was really impressed with all the different groups and the leadership things that you get involved in and people are always asking me like how do i get an edge do i do i learn more of this specific technology or get better at strategy and often i i ask them how they're spending their time and they're doing nothing social so how has that you know played played into your career honestly i would say it's seattle uh it's it's a seattle and it's an innovation community thing we like to socialize we like to hear success stories you know, fundamentally, we like to hear those stories and then reuse them in our own way so that we can continue doing the awesome jobs that we like doing. <laughs> and Seattle is such a convergence zone, honestly, of everything. Uh, you know, the community, Amazon, Expedia, Microsoft, Nordstrom, Eddie Bauer, Avanade, you know, Google, Facebook, Twitter, Uber's in this building. I mean, you just can't go anywhere without colliding with someone. And uh, it kind of reminds me of going to college in, in Boston and you know, you'd, you'd be on the T in the subway or something like that. And, you know, you'd see an 80-year-old guy and you, you could literally ask him what he's writing his thesis on and he would respond, uh, you know, because the entire community is engaged. Yeah. Yeah. You get the Harvard, MIT, you get the whole group of everybody like right there. Oh, it reminds me of one of my worst nights in college, actually. Yeah. I mean, you start at Northeastern, you go to Harvard, you go to MIT, you end up at Tufts. I don't know how that happened. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> my my wife just applied there, by the way. So I, I happen to know that they're an exceptional vet school. Do they do anything else? Which one, Tufts? Yeah, uh, I, I think they're also dentistry. Actually, known for that and some other things. Um, yeah, I mean, I went to Boston College, so but just uh, just in the community for sure. But yeah, I think you know, just talking to people and understanding what they're doing, what challenges they're looking at. You know, Seattle's kind of known for cloud and mixed reality and, you know, XR, let's say, and data visualization and analytics, right? You go down to the valley or something like that, and it's a wholly different 
conversation. It's all about silicon um, security hardware, you know, and that changes everywhere you go, and especially you travel internationally. And then you you find all these interesting collisions of you know, just passions. You know, I I love to deal with nonprofits, right? Um, and so enabling them through our tech for social good program and, and those kinds of other things that we do, or or me just kind of on the side being the chairman of a tech leadership council for 501 commons, which is a fantastic organization that provides services to other nonprofits. It's just really rewarding. Right. And you kind of meet people with like-minded, like interest, and that's kind of the fuel that, you know, wakes us up. I love it. I, I actually just about two years ago got into nonprofit stuff as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's, you know, at Avena, we like to say we want to have a human impact. And I think that's great for a large enterprise company to acknowledge that. But then as a societal member, like I just uh, got back from Norway and um, gave out the Digital Innovation Award for Junior Achievement Europe um, that, we, that we sponsor. And it was fascinating to see the number of entrepreneurs trying to tackle sustainability and tech for good and human impact. And, you know, it's, it's that kind of stuff that really is challenging. And ultimately, that's where the energy and where technology can really make a big, big impact in society. And that's, it's just fun to talk to those people because they're so passionate about it. And the technology is just in their way. It just literally is in their way. It's not why they're working, but they know that at some point, there's a, there's a zero and a one, right? Somewhere, there's a colored pixel somewhere. There's a mobile device somewhere, this cloud you know, up, up there <laughs> where, where their stuff happens. In that area. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. What's some of the coolest stuff that you've seen recently? Well, I think the uh, the whole trending towards you know better connectivity, um, you know five G, I think is going to be really fascinating, um, especially when it comes to the IoT world. You know, we we've said Internet of Things for a very long time. We we started we're, we're shifting to the intelligent Internet of Things, you know, IIoT where these devices have much more compute at the edge, they have better connectivity, you have better automation at that point, better sensing. And to me, that that's super exciting because it's one thing to have this digital entity and something you can't see, but it's another thing to blend the digital and the physical together and have real action um, and real augmentation of our physical sense or physical world or humanity or something like that. Um, that's super exciting. So you get that, you get new compute, we call it quantum inspired. We're already doing some quantum inspired work for clients today. And those are, those are really great. And then I think user experiences are um, just top of mind all the time, whether it's employee experience, you know, partner experience, customer experience, the fact that you don't always need a keyboard and a mouse to actually input things anymore. Um, it could be a camera, right? It could be your band that doesn't have a screen that, you know, just knows that you're going upstairs or stepping, you know, all these kinds of things are massive opportunities. Um, and that's really exciting. Now they come across your life and the nonprofit sector, but, and then some other technologies, but I'm curious about what is, what is happening in your life right now at your company? Yeah. So our company is going um, through a pretty awesome transition. Um, you know, so I've been at this company twice uh, from our founding in 2000 to 2009 I left for four years and was a CTO at a digital agency, um, doing some awesome consumer stuff for big brands. Came back here about five and a half years ago, six-ish. Um, and it was all about that transition to understanding the application and the outcomes of technology. 
you know, and it, that includes having creatives working with technologists, having strategists working with technologists. I think now, for example, having digital ethicists working with technologists. I think that's awesome. Plus, we've morphed over the years our delivery strategy, you know, in classic consulting speak, which is ultimately what we do. When you're busy and successful, you're at another company. You're not in our culture. But, you know, taking more of an agency approach, agency-inspired approach, having our digital innovation studios all around the world, having multidisciplinary teams really tackle amazing opportunities and working together, bringing clients into these spaces. We're investing a lot more in the, the experience for the employees and for the clients. Uh, the work has just gotten better. It's become more impactful. Um, you know, we like to say we want to feed the beast, meeting our teams, because we want to attract the innovators. We want to attract the most progressive, you know, optimistic, just amazing technologists, creatives, and, and strategists. How do you keep them? You know, you don't want to do a bait and switch and say, we're this amazing leading digital innovator. And then here's this maintenance project. We <laughs> Put them on the support desk. Yeah, I know. I mean, we have them. And, and that's the great thing about consulting is that if you don't like something, just get through it and, you know, gain some experience and then just other things to do. But we, we attract them through the work and we have to retain them through the work. Uh, and with great work comes great work again. Right. So I think that that's the cycle that we're in. And I love the fact that we are finding that balance you know, our original tagline was passion for technology. And that was, that was a thing, you know, we have a very strong gravity towards the technology, which is our differentiation, right? Uh, at the end of the day, something has to get done. And that is our legacy. Not, not like legacy, like ball and chain, like something you put on your tombstone that you're proud of, like, right. So <laughs> you're right. We can do that. Um, just the path to getting there to defining what it is that we're going to build and what impact we're going to have has changed. And that's really super exciting. So you brought up Pabs is getting there, which always reminds me of the, the question of like how you how you fell in love with technology. So we're talking a lot about yeah. the CTO at this large company, but where did you fall in love with technology? Um, I probably fell in love with technology a little late in the game compared to a lot of my peers. So I would say probably high schoolish to college. Um, you know, a lot of my peers were really early, you know, hacking their Atari and, and that kind of stuff. Um, I didn't play video games. I was out playing sports all the time. And then, so when I was finally like, okay, well, what is this computer stuff? It, it was probably more the creative side. Uh, you know, I, at some point was deciding between going to Boston college and the Chicago art Institute of Chicago. I mean, it was just like these two drastically different things, but the creative side, the making of something uh, was really inspiring. And, you know, way back in the day when you could get your gateway Dell, whatever PC and, and make the computer, you know, and, and tune it to what you needed it to be. Like I wanted to boot up Linux or I wanted to boot up Windows or I wanted to do both or I wanted to make my computer a TV as well, right? Um, because I didn't have a TV and I was moving from Portland, Oregon to Boston, Massachusetts and back and forth. You know, those are, th those are really exciting days. Uh, and then when I started to discover cognitive science, which was maybe the bigger impact in my life than computer science, uh, just that combination of like neuroscience, AI, linguistics, anthropology, philosophy, bringing that all together, I think the technology stitched it and I could tell that this was going to be the glue. And it's super, it's super exciting because it's always changing, you know? So not to keep talking about it, but my dad, no, my, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, my, I mean, my, my family's 
doctors and lawyers, right? Um, pretty traditional. And I was going that way. You know, I was going to be a doctor. And at some point I was like, wow, I don't really want to do that. Maybe medical illustration because I was an artist. I was like, well, I could, could blend the two. I'm all about blending, you can tell. <clears throat> but then, um, you know, at some point I was like, okay, well, this cognitive science stuff is really fascinating because it's about the application of that technology and it's about the impact. And it was just, it just clicked, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. No, anyway, I, I'll no, get back to something else. I'm going to no, hold it for no, no, actually, no, I, <laughs> now, now you're, now you're in the area that I was just in Sweden and I was talking with this company called BIM object and they're awesome. They do like digital object storage. And, um, I was talking with their co-founder Ben and we were discussing like AI and the future of it and how, if it existed, would we even know it existed or would it be <laughs> yeah. busy replicating itself for re resiliency purposes and all of this stuff. Right. Yeah. And then we got into like the larger question of like, if you look at humans like ants, like what are the humans building? Right. Cause mm -hmm. if you walked up to an individual ant and you were like, Oh, you, what are you doing? What are you building? They'd likely just Great tell insane. you, I'm just doing what I love in life and I'm just yeah. pursuing my thing. I just really like this crumb and I'm just going to take this crumb over there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But from the outside, it's very clear what they're doing. Right. And so we were asking those types of questions, like what are the humans building? So I, I like that area of, of conversation quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's uh, the technology is always changing. So kind of finishing, I'll kind of go back to where I was, but you know, the, my dad was like, what is technology like? And he's, he was retired, but he was an ear, nose, and throat surgeon. You know, I was like, well, you know, of course, your career, you've been fine-tuning your tools. Like, you have that scalpel, then you had that laser, then you had that cauterizer, then you had these, you know, cameras and all this other stuff. Like, you, you can get really good at your craft, and, you, and the tools can really help. I was like, imagine every three years, this is the old days, like shipping software days. Every three years, you open in the year, and there's another eardrum. There's like two or three or four, like the platform's always changing. And I think that that's in the innovation sense and the technology sense, you know, that's exciting. It's not scary. It's like, a, oh, that's interesting. What are we going to do with four eardrums? You know, my, my little laser doesn't really work for all four at the same time. Now do I, what do I need to do? Quad um, laser. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Get some mirrors, <laughs> you know, get some gum, stick them all together. Uh, yeah. So stuff like that. Um, I think that's what, that's, what's really fascinating about the technology is you're never really done. You have to unlearn and relearn constantly and it's exciting. It's, it's a good life lesson. I think our, my kids love it. Right. So you, the kids actually naturally do this already. They're building some Legos. They drop the Legos, they rebuild it. They didn't really like it the way it was. They start morphing it. You know, I think that that's, it's a, just a creative, creative outlet. So when you, when was the first time that you went from individual contributor on a team to leading a team? A number of times. So I started my career, uh, really, really the, what I consider the start of my career was, um, with Anderson consulting, this is Accenture now. Uh, and our job at the time was to go in and build startups, you know, and, and, and that was our job. Like they would take equity in the company. We would do services kind of discounted or free. And then when an IPO, everyone wins, right? It was kind of that time of life. Everyone was a leader. 
there was no role. I mean, people, you startups today, right? You all of a sudden you're the CEO, but you're also the CFO. And if you have an HR department, you're lucky, right? Or you're, you are the <laughs> HR guy, yeah. you know, it's just it's a boom. Um, and so I was instantly in that position. I think also the sports world uh, was a big impact in, in me and in how I operate and how I manage people. But, you know, in the technology sense, yeah, I was an engineer. I was a software engineer, software developer. Um, you know, getting up to the point of being more of a solution architect, uh, taking that leadership role, having a point of view, defining it, writing it down, codifying your point of view, which is really what that is, you know, and then managing the team. So I think that we had this asset called Avanade Component Architectures for .NET, ACA.NET, and licensed that over to Microsoft. And I was the solution owner of the entire asset. It ended up being this massive, uh, widely popular uh, open source uh, reusable framework from Patterns and Practices at Microsoft, millions of downloads, uh, kind of got us a little more into the the fame of that world. Um, and I think that was the big transition there. After the fact, it was, you know, we're a very matrix organization. I would say everyone's leading someone within, within our world or uh, sponsoring them or mentoring them or, you know, just leading teams. Yeah, and then at some point, just everything became everything. And jumping into a chief technology officer role was just natural, whether it's at Avanade or somewhere else. And, and uh, you know, building teams is what we do. It's what I do. Now, I haven't heard that term. You said a matrix organization? Oh, so, you know, like, um, you're, like a, a standard pyramid of this is my boss and mm-hmm. I only talk to my boss and then this boss has this boss and they own this domain. Um, a matrix organization is less structured clearly and more like what so you know you might have a solid line report like i do um and i might have dot solid line reports below me which which i do but i also have all these dotted line people and they they run they run and are accountable to a program i run uh, for example like our, our innovation program within the company uh, they execute it locally in their regions uh, which is they're awesome partners. Some of them are peer level you know, as far as like titles and some of them are more junior and it's just that we're all in this together. So we feel accountable towards the program really, no matter who our formal boss is um, and ultimately what our KPIs are. I like that because it's way more logical. It's, it's how successful companies are operating, whether they articulate it that way or not often. Exactly. And I think just being transparent about its matrix, it just lets people know it's okay. You know, and, and they don't feel like they have to hide behind the, an organizational structure or they can't have the confidence and the support to step out of it. There is that. We have to have that, you know, career advisors and performance reviews. And we have to have that structure. But how we operate our day to day and the number of work streams we work in, it's okay. And it's, it's how we get stuff done. I'm learning that more. So we, we started a company on the podcast and we're growing and what I'm realizing and, and learning more, I guess just because it's, it's my baby now versus me working with an, as the CTO yeah. of, of a company that I don't fully own. Right. So right. like I see stuff, like if I see an object, I just, I see no, I, I just logically acknowledge the steps between me and the object and just say, okay, these are the requirements in order to obtain that object. But a lot of people will just see a solid wall where the object, like there is no possibility for them to get that object. No. Yeah. You know, people like you, those are the kind of people that we love to work with because every challenge, every opportunity that we have, 
has some risk to it, has has a little bit of obstacles around it. Of, of course, maybe it's organizational, maybe it's technical, maybe it's something else, maybe it's cultural, societal. Yeah, you know, we have to kind of navigate. But the journey is is the fun part, and I think that getting the momentum, you know, and, and taking those first steps and getting the energy behind it and getting more buy in, and then transparently showing that you just attract more energy, more funding, more interest, more skills, more talent. And then the next thing you know, talking about raising kids, the next thing you know, you're at the object, right? You're thinking about you know, middle school or whatever. Next thing you know, my, my daughter's and now she's going to be a fifth grader. Boom. It's like, okay. Next thing you know, it's going to be, you know, the next iteration and the next, you know, grades and then high school and then, you know, college and whatever. And I think that that's kind of almost how I, I help people manage their career. It's like, just don't like view the object, view the the traits and the experiences you want to have and every decision you have just kind of bounce it off those things, whether or not it's conscious or subconscious. And next thing you know, you're going to be where you want it to be. And you're going to realize that's not where you want it to be. There's more to it. And I think that that's just the exciting part of it. That is the beauty that like once, once you obtain it, you've already put in all of this work. It's like, you have to become that person in your mind before your reality reflects it. And then by the time your reality reflects it, you're already in the future, like past that. Yeah, exactly. And so I remember maybe you had this experience growing up, but people had like a target high school that they really wanted to go to <laughs> or a target university that they really wanted to go to. And I, I was always kind of jealous about that. I was like, oh, I, I wish I was that clear in wanting to go to Stanford or Notre Dame or, you know, I don't know, Oxford or wherever. You know, and then I realized, well, what happens if you don't get in or what happens if you, when you get in and then you, you get out because you're not going to stay there forever. Well, some people do, but you know, whatever, but <laughs> to each their own, then what happens? You know, it's like, oh my gosh, like, I hope you can redefine your goals, but I think it's more of a, the process of going through it. And again, just, you know, experiencing that's all we got in life in the day. It's all experiences. So, yeah. So let's talk about like a new, we have a lot of people that want to improve that are constantly improving. That's why they listen to the show, right? They're like, oh, let's listen to some great technology leaders. So let's say that we've got a leader who is like VP level, right? At VP director style level. And they want to make that jump to C-level type role, right? Sure. What, what sort of off the top of your head advice would you give to those people? Well, I mean, there's the traditional advice of, becoming broader, you know, it, it's, it, let's say we are in the technology space. I can talk about the other space as well, but let's talk about the technology space. You're, you probably became that person in that role because you were just darn good at something, you know, and you were trusted and you can absorb change and you can, you know, execute really, um, and lead teams that can execute. I think at that point, the next style is really, you're, you're becoming a partner in the leadership team and you have to understand and empathize with the other partners. It is almost like a cohort, right? So what are we gonna, how are we gonna do this together? I know you're the CFO. I know you're the CISA. I know you're the you know, CIO or whatever you are, you know, but how do we work together? And what am I doing to impact your world? And what are you doing to impact my world? You know, and you find some very interesting partnerships. So over the years, finance leaders have become my partners. HR leaders are my partners. I can usually tell when an organization is really innovative if their HR and their finance departments are innovative, like in legal. Those are those are some key ingredients to actually becoming um, innovative. But 
I think it is that understanding of the rest of the business that is really key. I would actually almost say as well that you have to sort of be a Pied Piper in some ways of, of the younger generation. You have to be able to attract the talent. And I think that that's also really key that people put people in leadership positions when they can affect change and draw talent and have a certain gravity towards them. I don't want to say it's a black hole because it's not, (laughs) but you know, there's something that draws talent. You're a talent magnet and you are a thought leader in the space and you're a trusted partner to the business. You just naturally sort of bubble up. And I think that you have to be curious about the other parts of the business. You know, Uh, what can I do in my shifting budget? that I have traditionally had into the HR department. And am I okay with it? Absolutely. I'm okay with it because it just allowed me to run like, you know, almost 50 events in our regions tied to innovation where our people were making things and inspiring people and all that. kind. Of, well, that's a partnership. And then how do I fund that? Well, I have to make sure that I'm helping the regional general managers and regional executives understand that they could use their community budgets differently. It's just not beer and pizza. You could actually be bringing together diverse teams involving creative strategists, your HR department, your local marketing people come up with great challenges and actually innovate, you know, Oh, that could be a community activity, you know, and those kinds of things are really, really interesting and fun. And I think that that's, again, I think being that idea generator, being a trusted partner just kind of elevates you there. Right. Uh, And understanding the business, of course, because everybody has to understand their impact. And to be honest, you know, shipping that app probably wasn't the impact. It, 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 congratulations, you satisfy the requirements. It's GDPR compliant, you know, all this kind of <laughs> stuff. But at the same time, it's like, okay, well, the real impact was that we're able to do XYZ thing. And oh, by the way, those workers are much more effective or efficient. Um, I don't want to say productive, I'd say efficient usually um, or effective at their job. And you just bring it all together. You, you, again, there's execution components, but really, honestly, it's there's a lot of cultural components to it. I like it. That was, that was actually like, a very good summary across the board of the different like areas that you have to pay attention to. Oh uh, yeah. I, yeah. No, you gotta, you gotta watch if you, if, you know, stuff around the ecosystem's real, right. Um, you know, you could, you could think of it like your garden if all of a sudden you see less bees take note, something's going on. Right. And it's going to affect something. Same thing, in the business landscape, whether or not it's your company or even your, your ecosystem. So we've really opened up our world to just not only the Microsoft, products and SKUs. I think the cloud world really did that to us, but now you have all these partners and ecosystem players and IOT world and other things, and you've got to watch them too. That is is very interesting. I'm trying to wrap, I always try to wrap my mind around the consultancies because I I understand them, but then I don't. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I kind of, yeah. um, You know, having grown up in it and then I'm honestly going into more of a product space for a while and then coming back in, it's uh it's really interesting. It, it is, if you like breadth and, and you want to know more about, if you're curious, honestly, like broadly curious, consulting is amazing. You just, the number of buyers that you, that you have to understand and empathize with, um, you know, across departments and industry, uh, all the talent that you have to attract and retain and engage and bring together to make the most effective, innovative teams possible you know, at a global scale, it's just, it's just very satisfying. It's, it's, you know, people, it's not for everyone, you know, you could do consulting locally, you can do consulting regionally in area and globally those kinds of things, but other people, you know, they just, they want to control that 
call button in that app. And that's, that's their feature function, you know, and that's, that could be okay. It's just not for me. I think the most interesting thing that I've learned about the podcast or about myself from the podcast and talking to all all of these great leaders like you is that I'm more of like a consultant than I ever thought. Like I never understood what it was. And then I realized, oh, I had an app company that did very well. Um, It was small. We only had like 12, 15 people, but it went for like 10 years and it did well. It just was as big as I imagined it to be. But the thing I like so much about it and the reason why I never got a job working like out of Microsoft or any other thing like that was because I loved going and meeting with the people, understanding their business problem, learning this entire industry and all of the details of it. And I had in, in, in a very sh- short period of time and then building solutions and then going on to the next one. And so I developed this like tuning to myself where like the way my brain operates where I'm most happy is when I'm learning massively complex things, understanding all the details, coming up with a solution, then essentially forgetting it all and moving on to the next problem. Oh, but I don't think you forgot it all. So I think no, that's I the interesting thing. Yeah, exactly. You, you, you discover these adjacencies. And yes, there are industries and they have their own language. And you know, nonprofits have their own language, you know, a patron, a constituent or whatever. It, it, they, have, they have that. But there are such common cross-cutting horizontal things. You know, we used to have these industry slides and there's retail as a pillar, right? I, at some point, I think it was more in my consumer marketing, digital marketing world. I, I realized that retail was, it fell over. It's like this foundational thing because everyone's buying or selling something. I don't care what industry you're in. You're buying or selling something and you're attracting something. You have brand traits and you have brand values and all, all these kinds of things. Um, brand promises even in every transaction, right? So I think that that, that was really cool. And to your point, you know, whether or not, and this is why I love working with junior achievement as a good example, whether or not you acknowledge it or not, and really embrace being an entrepreneur or not, you can be an entrepreneur in a, so many different scenarios, you know, within our company, I call it maybe an intrapreneur, but, or you can go out and do it on your own. And, you know, is it on to the next one? Like the, like the Jay-Z song yeah. <laughs> and it's exciting. Uh, and the conversations only get better because you can say, oh, you know, we did this in this mining industry. Oh, you know, that could apply to telescopes. Or, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, oh, let's go talk to them. You know, or, oh, that, that client over there uh, with their microscope, they could use the same sensing technology and computer vision as this security s- scenario that we're building in some other industry for this other company. And it's just building off of these ideas and finding the, ro- you know, pivoting and rotating and finding those adjacencies that it, I think it's just really, it's really cool. That is yeah. exactly, you no, know, you make a good point. I did not forget it all. I forgot, forget it. <laughs> I forgot like, so I did some of the bigger projects I did like insurance and then in finance. And so, so I had these huge structures of like how 401ks work and like all the details of how they all operated. Insurance claims. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 Different financial products, insurance algorithm, rating algorithms, and then financial products were like two huge areas that I spent two or three years in. And then I started to realize like, well, I also play music. So I'm a big fan of music. And I'm like, it's hard to articulate all the time, but it's like everything's the same. And you can, as you learn, as you learn very deep structures and multiple disciplines, you, they're just all connected. And you're like, I can see exactly how they're like that. Yeah. I mean, eventually you're going to get sued by Marvin Gaye's family. <laughs> <laughs> For my 401k insurance music product. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. It's a, uh, everything's a riff, right? But I think that, 
with new capabilities and technology, uh, the speed of that rip, the speed of the iteration, the quality of the insight. I mean, whether or not you think it's artificial intelligence or artificially smart or statistically probability blah, like it just comes fast. And then it becomes a, a the art of what do you do about it, right? And I think that goes back to what I was saying earlier. So if I can do something about it in an automated way or in an intelligent system that impacts humans or impacts the physical world, I think that's that's where it gets really fun. Uh, it just makes our lives a little different, a little augmented, um, better, hopefully, um, more enjoyable, more human in some ways. So, yeah. I like it. And I, I'm also excited to see, like I had this idea about, I don't know where this came from. Sometimes I just go with the flow, right? So yeah. you're talking about robots and automation. And so for a while I was thinking for like a month straight, like who's going to build the robot factories. That's like, a, it's like a closed loop robots that can build right. robots, but also mine the materials that can build robots. Yeah. And I found that people think about this too. Oh, like, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a way. <laughs> there's a way. And you know, the way I found it was I was reading, I'm a big fan of like SpaceX and what, you know, yeah. going uh, multi-planetary species, all that. But they were talking a lot about those as necessary requirements to go create mining civilizations of raw materials on other planets because you could set up robots that can mine and build. And I was like, I, I'm so glad that I'm not crazy, that these thoughts that pop into my head are also things that really smart people spend time thinking about. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's, you can go crazy with it though. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure on a Saturday night you can find your crazy use case, but yeah, it's uh, there's a, there's a purpose. There's a place for all this kind of stuff. And uh, I don't think we have to be too fearful of it necessarily. And I do think that we are finding our ethical side of technology more so now, uh, which is great to see, which is what we're actually investing in as well. It's, um, you know, just because you can, should you, you know, I think those are kind of questions that we should bring up way early in the requirements gathering process as a whole. But um, yeah, robots, the robots are here. Uh, are they as smart and as autonomous as we want them to be? No, uh, we can probably thank some battery technology for that. <laughs> <laughs> If we can fix some battery technology, we'd be in much better shape. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a fun world. It's a fun world. So why why did you choose battery technology over processing power? Just out of curiosity. Well, because I think that you learn more when the devices are on. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Not gonna argue with that logic. <laughs> no, it's like oh, you know, we could we could totally process. Well, the processing power requires battery, and the processing power has to have intelligence. And if we don't have the data, we can't have the intelligence. So what happens if they're all off and charging? I got a lot of hardware sitting charging. You know, I think that the more they're used, the smarter they get. Then we'll know what to do with the processing power. Uh, anyway. <laughs> do you think our fear? Here's a here's a random one, and we could actually edit this if you wanted out. Um, but do, like, I was watching. I've been. I'm a. I'll just geek out about like energy or things like that, and looking at the different efficiencies of different types of energy. And then yeah. I was started researching about nuclear because if you start talking about energy efficiency, instantly nuclear is on the stage because mm -hmm. there's way different types. But do you think our fear as a society of nuclear is, has held back us in energy? Yeah. Well, we've had some major societal scars I know. Uh, from, <laughs> I know. from some of that experimentation. Uh, you know, I, that's a tough one because it involves so many ramifications, yes. yeah. be it ecological, be it societal, um, you know, all these kinds of things. But I think it is, it is an option. Um, 
I think if you can do it cleanly, you can do it safely. You know, I, I'm in the state of Washington. We have a massive waste issue, uh, you know, in our state. That's a big issue, Un, unforeseen, unintended consequences issue. But yeah, it can power submarines. Yeah, it can get us to space. Yeah, it, it's, it should be in the portfolio, let's say, for sure. Yeah. Well, it is, it is in our portfolio still. It's just when you were well, talking, I mean, to- we could invest more in it, honestly. I mean, we, there are better ways to do it. Other countries have found ways to do it, whether or not it plays out in the long run, I think is something we're still, I mean, we have our history is so short, you know, but how we play it out in the long run, ultimately, I think we'll define in hindsight, it's effectiveness or not. Yeah, I saw I saw an aircraft carrier and they're like, yeah, it has to refuel every 166 years or something. And I was like, yeah. that cannot be right. I don't think that's right math. They're like, no, it's like a nuclear aircraft carrier. Yeah. And I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> that's so much energy. I know. But then you've got situations where submarines are underwater, you know, and have radiation levels much larger than we predicted. So I think, you know, some of the stuff's crazy and, and awesome and amazing. Um, and, and I, again, I think you have to look at the, the long tail of some of this stuff. Yeah. The worst case I grow some wings, you know, I mean, my nuclear what? submarine. Yeah, yeah. You're a Marvel character. It's awesome. There you go. Come out of the <laughs> submarine, fly out. Right. <laughs> it's like, it's called the Iron Man submarine. Exactly. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Oh man. Dude, this is, this has been a fantastic conversation. Good. Well, I, yeah. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. We're all over the place, but it's, it's I know. fun. It's fun. Yeah. It's like not not every episode is the same. I like I like to go with the person. Like I see I see this highly creative, very intelligent individual. And so with those, you know, it's amazing. I can never predict the exact value because I look at like what episodes are most popular. Uh, but we have a large. It's like the law of large numbers, right? We just have we have a large number of great people, and some do ridiculously well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think that hopefully, you know, I help you attract a new technologist. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I think one of the most interesting things that has come from this is people will tell me, they say after the show, people have hired people that have like listened to the show and then talk like oh, yeah. them or said, I really like your style or your personality or what your company is doing. And so I've had people call, past guests call me up and say, hey, I, I forgot to tell you about eight months ago, I made one of the best hires ever. Someone oh, that is listening to your show and we've relocated them halfway across the world. And now they work for us. And I was like, <laughs> redirecting them to me, please. I, 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 we're, we're growing at a fast clip. I need, I need more. <laughs> so if they, if they want to learn more about the company, about you, where would, where would they do that? Well, the best thing, honestly, is Avanad, you know, Avanad.com, A-V-A-N-A-D-E, uh, nice made up word, you know, but I think that that's, it's a, it's a, it's an okay site. I mean, not to be hard on ourselves, but it's a tr- pretty traditional consulting site. It's got some awesome insight. We have our blog, Inside Avenad and Insights blog. Uh, we publish a lot of our thought leadership there. A lot of my team, my content, if you go to the innovation sites, a lot dated because we're actually um, updating internally first and then expressing externally soon. A whole new approach, um, end-to-end approach on innovation um, in particular, which is super exciting. All about doing the next thing now, enabling our own employees to do the next thing now, uh, which is kind of our, our tagline at the moment. And because there's always a next, right? We all, we just talked about onto the next one. There's the reason that came up. You know, don't you want to be next? And how do you become almost aggressive about that? You know, basketball one on one. Who's got next? Like, let's do it. Um, and I think that that's that's super exciting. So you can you can see our culture through that. 
you can see our tech for social good program, corporate citizenship stuff. You know, we, not many people know about us. And, and, and that was initially by design, honestly, in, in the whole org design. And now it's like, we, we, we understand our brand actually has some cachet now. We've won so many different awards in the industry from Microsoft, from others, that it's like, okay, we want something to be powered by Avanade and for it to mean something, right? Uh, Intel inside, Avanade inside. Ooh, I like like that. If we bring in clients into our world, I want them to value that, you know, and be excited about coming into our innovation studios. And if we show up at the client, I want them to be excited about that. I want them to be on edge and say, what are they going to show me? What what is the art of my possible? you know, I think that that's, uh, that's what we're all about. You can go to the website and check it out. Dude, it gets me excited. <laughs> I love that. I'm asking those questions. Now. I'm like, ooh, what's the possible? <laughs> like, let's do yeah, it. it's, it's, and that's the fun thing about it. It's, our angle on innovations is pretty practical. It's not just innovation for innovation's sake and here's a greenfield blue sky thing and here's the art of the possible. I like to say it's what is the art of their possible, the I and the R in parentheses, because I think that's, more interesting that's more exciting it's um you know you these businesses are in business for a reason they're successful and able to hire us for a reason they could be doing so much more they know it and that's why they're with us they're trying to understand what is what is possible with you know how can i get inspired how can i apply that inspiration to my business at speed how can we co-investigate something together and then implement something together and then iterate on it together i mean there's just so much work to be done I liked that there thing so much that the other day at lunch, yeah. <laughs> when I when I was reading it, I um, I copied it and pasted it in my Evernote for use on like the next slide deck we're gonna create when we go raise our next round of funding. <laughs> nice, okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, it's so good. Like that is good. That it just you know you, when you're around it and it's in your profile or it's you see that see it come up you lose that initial shock of it i want you yeah. to know that when someone reads it for the first time they're like oh man that's, <laughs> that's good well this is what it's about see this we're innovating together right so yes. i i don't feel like i own any of that it's all yours you take it and then you well, call me back we'll figure out your next step and then uh i'll get inspired by that and it's a give and get right it's a good dialogue Yes. And it's definitely how music works and how art works, how culture works. You're always building upon the past. And like, if you don't do that, you're, it's like, you're almost not contributing correctly. It's like, (laughs) right. Well, well, yeah. And in technology, you know, that we've learned our lessons on some of that stuff, you know, hoarding it, trying to own it, trying to profit off some of that stuff. It's not good. It's just not karmically good. Uh, and I think that, you know, the music analogy or, you know, is perfect, right? Um, it's like jazz, right? It's yeah. like, all right, I got this. All right. I like that. Well, the, the music industry is, is like somebody who's taught my brother-in-law is like a popular music producer. So I get a lot of music industry stuff from him, but one of the interesting things is like in business, you'll hear a lot of like, Oh, he, they took this or they're being secret about this. But in the music world, it's like, everybody's like, Oh, did you hear that Jay-Z sick new beat? Like, what if we just made this one small change, get a yeah. slightly different beat. And now we've got something even cooler. And like, yeah. and Jay-Z's like, bro, that's amazing. <laughs> no one's like, I hate you for stealing. Everyone's like, there's plenty. Let's just make the best content we can make. And like, let's all do it together. Plus it's, it's lonely if you hoard. Yeah, no, it, it, and you don't get inspired and you just rinse and repeat. And at some point you're playing a casino 
you know, and it's just like, eh. <laughs> eh. But let's, yeah. let's, you know, make that amazing Grammy, you know, mix, you know, the once in a lifetime combination of artists. And all of a sudden you got Mumford and Sons and right. I don't know, like Bob Dylan together. Was that what happened? I can't remember exactly, but it was just like, holy, oh my God. Like, I love it. John Mayer just did um, like Dead and Company. You got like the Grateful Dead and John Mayer yeah. together and they go on tour as like this band. Yeah, because yeah. they're inspired by each other, right? And then we'll take that and they know their individual work would get better from it. And then it's all about experience. Who are they going to meet? It's great. Yeah. I think the technology, the innovation side at least is, is just like that. It's just like that. The entrepreneurs are just like that. Um, you know, how'd you do that? How'd you get that funding? How'd you get that? person how'd you build that team how'd you deploy that thing you know and then at some point you realize okay i'm on to the next one and, and it's okay sometimes it's within the company sometimes it's outside when i left the company i was perfectly fine you know it was a great adventure and, and it was the right time and coming back to this company was emotionally weird you know it comes like i'm going back you know that's strange i don't like to go backwards but it was like okay but this is different you know and it's a different challenge different opportunity so same thing happens you guys have to license that song if that's like the thing you're going to roll out. Like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> play it at your events and stuff on to the next one. That, yeah. Yeah. I, I have to say I have used it in an internal meeting once before. Uh, we'll, we'll edit yeah. that out. <laughs> we'll, 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 yes. No, it was just your ringtone. It was just your ringtone. It just happened to be into the microphone. Just so, happened. Yeah. Very loud ringtone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we licensed it actually. So, you on. were on a nuclear submarine the night before and yeah. it messed with your settings, nuclear ringtone. It happened. Yeah. Well, this is, it's the, my ringtone when Jay-Z calls me. So, you of know, course. specifically, I mean, when Beyonce calls me, it's a different one. So, well, it has to be Beyonce's song when she calls you. Otherwise exactly. it's just rude. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when Bill Gates oh. calls me, it's Clippy. From a <laughs> oh no! <laughs> How can I help you? It would be funny if you flip it though. If it's all of a sudden like you know Beyonce calls and then it becomes like a Sierra song, or like when Bill Gates calls, it's like the Apple. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I love yeah. it, man. This is, I am like I am so excited right now. You got me in like uh, I was in like a good mood, but now I'm like in a fantastic mood. Awesome. <laughs> I'm. I don't even need coffee. I'm staring at my coffee cup right now. Like oh. I needed coffee walking into this thing, but I'm, I'm pretty amped up. <laughs> Dude, this is awesome. Oh, real yeah. quick. Will you give context as we wrap? It's like, we have to wrap up yeah. now, but we give, how big is, is the company? So, um, you know, we are the leading digital innovator in the Microsoft ecosystem period. Uh, we have over 35,000 employees operating in over 20 countries. We have our whole network of digital innovation studios. It's, those are really our, our next kind of delivery model that is just awesome as far as attracting talent, retaining talent sharing knowledge, incubating new skills, just, just having that community is so important. That's really the scale. You know, we operate in, in most geographies that you would expect um, growing. I think, you know, in the future, you'll hear new countries that we'll be in. And so if we're not where you, you want to be today, we'll probably be where you're going to go. And in our other world, because we are a joint venture across Accenture and Microsoft, about 19 years old now, we can also work where they are. So Accenture is obviously a bigger company. Microsoft's obviously a bigger company. We get access to their technology centers on the Microsoft side. We are really powering the Accenture Microsoft business group, uh, which is something they just announced. So we're going to be everywhere. Um, you know, the, the growth trajectory is kind of sick. It, it's, it's a challenge uh, and it's an exciting challenge, but 
to be honest, Microsoft, I think, is growing even faster than us. So they're giving us the playground to play in. It's just our job and our responsibility to step into it and fulfill the promise of it. And so I think that that's, uh, that's a, good, probably a good place to start as far as describing what we do and where we are. I love it. And then go to the website. We'll post it in the show notes. Click on careers, learn more about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? Just, just network with us. You know, we're at the conferences. We're at the user groups. Meet someone at Avanade. We are, we are different. We are not Microsoft. We are not Accenture. We have our own orange culture, uh, go orange or whatever you want to call it. But it's real. And it, it's something that actually brought me back to the company as well. And it's, it's a fantastic place to just get inspired and learn and you know, hone your craft, hone your skill. At some point, unlearn it all. And then <laughs> take on something new. I mean, it's it's just a, it's a fantastic place to be. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Matt. Next time I'm out in Seattle, I'm going to uh, look you up and let you know I'm coming out there. Maybe we'll say hello. Absolutely. You know, we run, I run a bunch of events around the world, not only in the regions, but with clients. And also we have this big Innovate Summit that we, we just had it in Milan, for example. Global Innovation Contest came in at keynote speakers. Would love to consider you as a, as a speaker in one of our events uh, in the future. I think it'd oh, be absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I'll have Chloe send you the speaker reel. It's, it's crazy. When the podcast took off, like I gave yeah. 40 talks around the world this year. Like, no, I'm exactly. Sweden and stuff. It's amazing. Yeah, I think I would love to get you in front of our people. I think it, you'd, you'd really like it. I think they learned from you. And, uh, you, know, well, you know, this is what it's all about. You're, you're a new friend. <laughs> high five, virtual high five. There we go. Boom. Go orange. That yeah. was the first time I've ever done that, by the way. <laughs> well, we just did it. It works. So, it works. Boom. <laughs> boom. <laughs> All right, Matt. I'll talk with you All soon. Right, Have a fantastic rest of your day. You too. You too. Take care. Right, see you, bud. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this episode useful, please share it with a friend or a colleague who you think would get value from it. And if you have topics that you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast, either add me on LinkedIn or send me an email, joel at moderncto.io. Every time I get an email or LinkedIn message, it absolutely makes my day and inspires me to keep going.